Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart. Breaking Boston here on a late July morning. And what are we talking about? No, not the New England Patriots opening of training camp in Foxborough. That is indeed today. Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien and the rest will get to work on the 2023 season. But no, it's late July and we are talking about Boston's winter sports teams here on Breaking Boston because two future Hall of Fame athletes made career altering decisions Yesterday, one, Patrice Bergeron, somewhat expected, announced his retirement, dealing with a back injury and long, successful career captain, Stanley Cup winner, came up Stanley Cup short a couple times, but arguably one of the greatest players to ever play, not arguably, one of the greatest players to ever play for the Boston Bruins, first ballot Hall of Famer, as we like to say in the business. You will not have Patrice Bergeron back to lead the Bruins to whatever they're going to be this coming season. And then from a Celtics perspective, we've been waiting for a while, much like we've been waiting for a while for the Patrice Bergeron decision, although I think there were some tea leaves to be read and people were sort of speculating that Patrice Bergeron was indeed going to walk away. Jalen Brown is not going to walk away from the Boston Celtics anytime soon, at least not for the next year because he has signed a, or has agreed to, I don't know if it's officially been signed, reportedly, Shams has gotten the news that a five-year, $304 million Supermax extension is going the way of Jalen Brown. And we've been waiting for about three weeks, three-plus weeks for this. It was eligible on July 1st, and people had become, I think, a little bit um, concerned with why it wasn't done. These Supermax deals are usually somewhat automatic once the player reaches the criteria, as Brown did last year, becoming a second-team All-NBA player. And Jalen Brown is now, love him or hate him, part of the core for the next five years, theoretically, of the Boston Celtics. And I found one thing interesting is that immediately it seems he is not as good a basketball player upon signing this deal, which is the richest in NBA history, thanks to the new CBA and the new cycle of contracts, he will be surpassed very soon. Yes, it's true. He's now making uh, or will be making starting next year in this five-year deal north of $50 million a year and then end at $69 million a year in the fifth year of the deal. And suddenly people look at that and it's like, oh, he, he can't dribble. He turns the ball over in the playoffs. He's not a MVP candidate. How did he get this contract? Well, he got this contract by the rules of the NBA CBA, and he earned it. And it's funny, he's been underpaid for years on his extension, his rookie contract extension that was $100 million. Now suddenly he hasn't played a basketball game and he signs a new contract and seems like the criticism in the spotlight is going to be turned up. So even, even some respected basketball writers were talking about how now it's time for him to really fixate on his handle and get better in that area. Um, whether that does or does not happen. I think if you're a Celtics fan, you wake up this morning feeling really good about the immediate future of your basketball team. Jalen Brown is under contract for the next six years. Jason Tatum will be under contract for a long time once he reaches his Supermax deal, I believe, next summer. Kristaps Porzingis already has his contract extension here for the next three years. And the biggest issue the Boston Celtics will be dealing with 
beyond obviously getting over the hump and winning an NBA title, is going to be the thing that frustrates me the most, something I've ranted against on Breaking Boston, finances, second apron, building out the depth of the roster because of the CBA limitations that are going to be in place with all these big money contracts. And Jalen Brown is certainly at the center of that. But you know you have a young prime of their career core that is supposed to put the Celtics in annual contention for an NBA title. Getting back to Bergeron, um, certainly not just one of the greatest on-ice hockey players this town has ever seen or NHL has ever seen. Two-way forward. I believe the number is record-setting six Selkie Awards, including this year, makes him, um, just by definition, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But then you get into his leadership, his off-ice contributions, charitable work, certainly just an, an icon in Boston sports, um, was the associate captain forever, seemingly, then took over for Zidane Chara when he left town, put the C on his jersey. And I think, unfortunately, the only thing that, you know, sort of the black marks against Patrice Bergeron's career are twofold. One is going to be, I think some people will say, should have won more. It's really disappointing that he only has the the one cup. You know, everything that happened this year, even with the back injury and playing in the regular season and then missing the early part of the opening round disappointment series against the Florida Panthers. And then the second part near the end of his career, and I know most people will move past this as they should, given all the good he's done, is just sort of his role in the Bruce Cassidy firing and changing of head coaches late in his career, how much he was a factor in that decision, whether signing off on it, pushing for it behind the scenes. Um, that's always been a little bit of a gray area over the last uh, year plus. But there's no gray area in terms of his accomplishments on the ice um, certainly could score, facilitate, defend, win faceoffs, lead, uh, do everything that you'd, you'd sort of want from a hockey player. And I know he credits Claude Julian to some degree of helping him elevate his defensive game, um, take it to the next level and really care about the details defensively. And that's, that's not always easy for a hockey player. It's not always easy for an athlete in any sport where scoring is highlighted and offensive play is highlighted. So I want to bring in Cooper Leonard, our producer here, just to ask him as a younger oh, hey, how you doing? voice. I'm the old guy. What's up, Coop? Uh, I'm, a, I'm the old guy, The you know, the dad bod, dad joke, dad guy. And we love you for um, that. But, oh, we well, need you. you. Uh, but Patrice Bergeron, how does he resonate for a younger generation of Boston sports fan, Boston Bruins fan? Um, well, in the group chats of millennials that I'm friends with, um, the the first response was, you know, a couple expletives like, what the F, holy S, yep. what's going on here? And the second response, which I, I think I was quick to throw out there, I was like, hey, there goes our childhood. I mean, I, I, I was born in 97. I was able to have cognitive thoughts around Tom Brady, David Ortiz, Paul Pierce, I mean, didn't do as much as those first two in Patrice Bergeron. Like he he is the Mount Rushmore of my childhood of Boston sports. And to say that that went on, I mean, 20 years, he was drafted 2003, only played 19 seasons, but two decades of just being a staple in Boston and being that guy where when he was drafted, it was like, all right, this is the next man up. This is someone that we have to look forward to, some scrawny kid out of Quebec. And he ended up, 20 years down the road, giving Boston a whole lot of memories, giving guys like myself a reason to root for sports in this town. And that's kind of like the gravity of it. I know that there are a lot of blowhards. 
that were on the radio yesterday saying he didn't do anything, he didn't accomplish a whole lot, that it's easy to punch your ticket into the playoffs, it's harder to go on a run. Well, he went on a run four times, and well, three times, ended up at the Cup three times, won it once, which is already incredible to do. I mean, some of those guys that were talking like that were rooting for Ray Bork, and I'm sure were carrying water for Ray Borg when uh, he was in another state, not even in another time zone or not even in the same time zone and winning a Stanley Cup. So it's kind of funny to hear stuff like that. And you know where the market goes, you know what generates money. But at the end of the day, it's you kind of have to give people their flowers. I don't want to be 20 years down the road and you got, you know, Bergeron at one of those alumni games and you're kind of looking at him skating along like Cam Neely does now. Or not really Cam Neely because he's got a bum knee. But, you know, some of the other guys that you see at those alumni games, it's kind of like, wow, that's that's cool to see him still out there because he will be doing that. But you're going to start reflecting on the fact that he was a defensive, offensive player in a league that now just values offense. Like what he has been able to do as a forward defensively and the Selkies show it is just unbelievable because you don't see that with skilled players in the league anymore. Pasternak, he's never going to be a defensive player. And maybe that's what has led to the downfall of this team. That's their identity is like bullying. Like that 2013 team, that 2011 team, they were bullies like Milan Lucci back in town because this team cannot bully. They got absolutely manhandled by Florida this year because they cannot bully. That's what you're losing with Patrice Bergeron. He was a soft-spoken guy. He wasn't going to be picking fights, but man, he was going to beat you defensively every time. And he was going to get it to a guy that was going to score. And that's what the Bruins just lost like on the ice. Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because I don't know that people like everybody talks about the Tom Brady era and the two decades, because obviously the Super Bowls, the rings, they had ridiculous success that you could fall back on that led to Boston to some degree becoming entitled town and the expectations being unrealistically high for a long period of time because that was reality. Even though it was unrealistic to expect it, it was factually accurate. Yeah, I mean, the I, reality you live in high school, we joked about like the playoffs don't or the season doesn't start until the playoffs for a lot of sports around these towns. Like, yep. it's all preseason it for the majority with- of the year. Started with some of those core guys, like you mentioned, David Ortiz, Tom Brady, Patrice Bergeron. And I think, you know, even the longevity, you know, Zdeno Chara sort of one-upped him in terms of longevity. He was the one who was kind of compared to Brady doing crazy things late in his career, still playing at a high level. Well, Patrice Bergeron does the same thing. And, and sometimes I do think appreciation is retroactive. You know, you don't know what it's got, till, to, till what it's you gone. got till it's Great gone. Great song. We should, we should maybe do something about that. Yeah, I feel like that could be a Pave, song. Um, Pave Paradise? Put a yeah, parking absolutely. lot? I don't know. And, and I think Bergeron is going to be one of those guys that because of the two-way nature of his game, because of sort of the understated, you know, lack of, you know, everybody talks about Mike Trout has got to market himself and he doesn't, you know, do enough to be, you know, notable. And, you know, what is he, like the weather channel? Yeah, I feel like big Patrice Bergeron is in that world. I feel like Patrice Bergeron doesn't get some of the um, accolades or lauding that he deserves because he's just kind of quiet, goes about his business. As you said, could he probably put up more points if he put in less effort on the defensive end? I don't think there's any question about it. That's how it works in almost all sports. Watch watch basketball. There's a million players out there that are just looking to get theirs or 
hockey or lacrosse or anything like a, a lot of these sports you know scoring offense makes you money gets you the the fans get you know everything that goes with it and to be willing to put in the grit on the defensive side of the game whichever game it is um really is commendable even though you know even though it probably doesn't get enough attention and i do think as the bruins go through whatever this transitional period is without bergeron likely without Krejci, without cap flexibility you're going to look at a bridge type year to the next generation of the bruins the next success not to say they're without talent obviously when you have Pasternak and mcavoy and marshan like you still have plenty of talent but you're going to you're going to be a step down and i don't i think the expectations need to be reined in when you lose a hall of fame captain two-way player like his his fingers were in so much to the core of the boston bruins for 20 years again a sport where the toll it takes on the body his tom brady didn't play defense tom brady stood in the pocket and threw a football and we all credit him oh my god the goat i can't believe he did it for so long tv 12 but there's a presence well, this guy I mean, you you look this at Super did. Bowl Fifty One. You had Atlanta on the sidelines, just being like, "Hey, we're winning, we're winning." And yeah. I forget who it was, but at some point, one of the Falcons you just go, "There's Tom Brady on the other side of that sideline." Correct. And I think Patrice Bergeron brings some of that to the Bruins. Brings some of that to hockey. I know you don't have you know six cups to look back on or anything ridiculous like that, but as you mentioned, the stability from season to season is now a little bit in question because of Patrice Bergeron moving on. But the flip side of that is a historic day in Boston. One goes and another one, one comes. comes. And that's and as you were talking about like Patrice Bergeron being a facilitator and, you know, not always getting your flowers. It's kind of poetic. I guess you could say are, are, we're about to get really sappy on this episode that Jalen Brown okay. ends up being the guy to get that like contract because he's someone that, I mean, He's dribbling it off his left foot. He's not able to do, but he is able to facilitate so many different things. And he is there as a catalyst for Jason Tatum. Like Jason, the, the incredible things that Jason Tatum is able to do, dropping a 50 burger in the playoffs, that's not done without Jalen Brown there. Like there's so many right. things that go into a star player that's just beyond the star player. And that's why you pay some of these guys what you do. And there's some comparisons I think that can be made between Bergeron and Jalen Brown in that Jalen Brown does put in effort on the defensive end of the floor and I do think he is a good two-way player and then I also think to some degree he's underspoken in his role with the Boston Celtics like there's times he talks up and we know he's a he's a VP in the the NBA PA and all that but he's talked about it you know he I he comes and goes with how he refers to himself and the comparison to Tatum and second fiddle and the Batman Robin thing and all that. But, you know, I, there are times in games where you can just see he's kind of off to the, the corner, letting Tatum do his thing. So I think this is a fascinating relationship to look at moving forward as you transition out of one Hall of Fame career to you're now the highest paid player in NBA history. There's an expectation you should probably be a Hall of Fame player. There's also an expectation you're going to get over the hump that Patrice Bergeron only got over once and win an NBA title. There's probably, if people are being honest, an expectation that you're going to win multiple NBA titles paired with Jason Tatum as the clear centerpiece of the Boston Celtics. But the problem is, 
I think the spotlight just got brighter. I think the microscope just got a little, they, they, they zoomed in and, oh, look, what's that? What are those cells down there? And the things you mentioned, you know, can't go left, dribbles off his foot when he goes left. Things of, you know, the things that happened when he didn't step up this most recent postseason when they all disappointed, if we're being honest, everybody disappointed as they fall to a team that they had a 97% chance to beat, according to ESPN. They all had a hand in that from the bench to the starting lineup to the role players to everybody. But now when you're the highest paid player in NBA history, as Jalen Brown is going to be, you're going to face a lot of criticisms and a lot of expectations. And we already know he has a interesting relationship with the city of Boston and the fan base and some of the things he said in these feature stories over the last year. So unfortunately, one chapter closes Patrice Bergeron, although I have the feeling we're still going to see Patrice Bergeron oh, quite a bit, as you said. He's not gone. All, all those Bruins charity, guys, they alumni. love being in Boston. I mean, you look at Zidano. Wouldn't stun me if we also hear, because he played so well last year, Hey, uh, maybe you can get Patrice Bergeron to come back. Like, it wouldn't stun me if you hear those midseason Roger Clemens-like rumblings of, hey, you know who could help their depth right now? Jack Edwards doing that. Of all things that I could see, Patrice Bergeron's in the Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Or as Jim Ross are doing rest, by God, that's Patrice Bergeron's music, and he's yeah. coming out. I, I absolutely could smash. Put the... Put those in your back pocket for a future episode of Breaking Boston sometime next winter or early next spring when the Bruins need a little something-something that we can uh, at least do one podcast pondering where Patrice Bergeron is and whether he's healthy and in shape. But we will know where Jason, excuse me, Jalen Brown will be. We know he'll be with the Boston Celtics, and he has 304 million reasons to be happy He got the trade kicker he's looking for. So if after the first year when he's allowed to be traded, he ever does, it means Cha and Ching, more money for him. He did not get the fifth-year option, which is seen as a negotiated win for the Celtics. But from this perspective, Boston loses Patrice Bergeron, but they win-win by keeping Jalen Brown. The Celtics will be the talk of the town. You know, we're talking about him in July. We're certainly going to be talking about them in late fall, early winter, and next summer as they try for the NBA title. This has been Breaking Boston. It's the first day of training camp down in Foxborough. And oh, by the way, Kike Hernandez was traded. So you can rejoice or celebrate that however you want or two minor league pitchers for him. I'll take it. Two minor league pitchers for Kike Hernandez. Many errors leaving from his shortstop experience this season. As I said, it's Wednesday, July 26th. That is everything that's breaking in Boston. Each and every weekday morning, we're here to break down Boston sports, give you the big news, headlines, talking points for the day, so you can have a coffee, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, and then go about your day in the sports world. Thanks for listening, and see ya.